guys, this is Nick. In the name of the FC Schalke Nofia team, I want to congratulate you on your 100th episode. Thanks for supporting us in the U.S., and hopefully there will be many more episodes of your podcast in the future. Glück auf! Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute. Willkommen zum Das Einzige Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. This is episode 111 of Shock America, and I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me on the show, as always, is Jack Mangan. How are we doing, Jack? You looked surprised that we were going live. There's literally there's literally a countdown. On yeah. The screen. You, you not... think I would know how this works, right? Oh, Apparently. Yeah. 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 No, not there. I was waiting for the the sounds of Nick uh, Nick Tatigui, uh and then when I didn't hear, it, I was like, "Wait a minute, what? Oh, we're live!" <laughs> well, yes, yes. Uh, R.I.P. to Nick Tatigui. Uh, un- unfortunate news that he uh, his contract was was terminated. Was that yesterday or two days this weekend? Maybe yeah, yeah this weekend. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that was performance related or just something you know financial side because of Schalke and he's extra weight in the squad or whatever, and they're trying to get rid of those contracts. I don't know what's going on, but uh, obviously wish him the best. Somebody that we, you know, we're rooting for for a while, but injuries kind of um, derailed his career a little bit as he was trying to progress through the youth ranks and make that, uh, that first team jump. So hopefully he's able to go somewhere else and uh, get some minutes and continue with his career. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we had, we enjoyed the conversation we had with him, you know, thank you to Shaka for uh, providing that, that uh, a chance to interview Nick and uh, it seems like a good dude. We wish him nothing but the best. Uh, it's unfortunate he didn't get his opportunity with the first team, but whether you know he didn't deserve it or not, to be determined. We were on, we weren't at the practice squad, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's awesome here, and uh, we got some people here in the chat. Uh, first, good buddy Jake is on. Uh, good evening, Jake, and then uh, we got someone on Facebook here. Yes, we are live on Facebook. Uh, you know, trying something new, different here, and this comes from Stephanie. Goes, whoa, had no idea about this podcast and got notified for it. Neat. Better times for the club. That's right. We hope we do have better times for the club. So. Uh, thank you for those who are joining us from on Facebook Live here. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, Jack. We got a big jam-packed episode here. Um, a lot to talk about. Obviously, the, the Hertha Berlin game we, is something we do have to talk about. But it is the silly season. Uh, January window just opened up. A uh, lot to talk about there as well. And then some other news bits that I guess we should get to uh, in terms of um, uh, one Clemens Tonys. But uh where do you want to start? I guess we just start with this game because it was a, a tough game uh, overall, huh, Jack? Uh, not the way. So we got the new manager obviously coming in, and we had high hopes that he he's going to come in and try to do his magic and find a way to get us uh, back on the winning ways. You know, we're inching closer to Tasmania Berlin. A lot of Tasmania Berlin fans were actually outside the stadium, you know, cheering for Schalke because they don't want him to break the record. Unfortunately, uh, we would lose and make it 30 games in a row winless uh three nothing scoreline jack uh the scores in this game glendozy got the goal score and started early in the 36th minute john cordoba in the 52nd minute and then christoph piantic rounded it off in the 80th minute three nothing jack where do you want to start with this game because uh it was not pretty it seemed like it started out first 15 minutes pretty good and then it just progressively got worse and worse throughout the game well unfortunately Schalke don't appear to have uh, been familiar with the expression new year new me uh because we kind of picked up <laughs> Right where we left off. Um, now yeah. in the in the Rook Runda, uh, I expressed last week on our midseason 
review that I was skeptical that this this coaching change was was the right move. Um, uh, and obviously, it's only been one game, so you can't really judge uh, Cristiano Gross's effect. Uh, you know, so far uh, we got to give him more time, obviously. But you know, I mean, it, literally nothing different in, in terms of what we're used to seeing so far. And then you look you look at him on the sideline during this game, and he's just kind of like standing there pensively, occasionally giving a thumbs up to somebody. And I, I much prefer the more active coaching of Manuel Baum um, and the encouragement that he's giving on the sidelines during games. So uh, yeah, it's just, it's just frustrating that, you know, it, it, there was no, there's no real reason to suggest that simply the, you know, the turn of, of the new year is going to change something in the squad, but you know, we're always going to hope that we can have a little bit of a fresh slate and uh, wasn't, wasn't to be, but yeah, as you say, um, Multiple goals could have been more on their end. Not not a ton of chances on our. Do you want to just hit the lineups real quick and just talk about that first? But yeah, yeah, let's do that. Uh, so starting with the lineups uh, for the for the home team, I guess. Uh, uh, Berlin came out with obviously the goalkeeper uh, Schwalov, uh, then had a back for Pekarik, Stark, uh, Alderalde, and Plattenhart. Uh, midfield of Guendozi, who's the goal scorer, Tusart and Darida, all three played very well in this game. And then attacking trio of Luca Bacchio, Cordoba, and Cunha, which gave our back lines nightmares, Jack. Um, all the way around the scene. I mean, I don't know if this team is this good, but uh, we sure made them look that good. We, we make most people look good. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, when you look at the individual players in the squad, I guess I guess you feel like perhaps they should be playing better here to Berlin than they have been overall this season. Because, yeah. I mean, there are there are some talented players in there, and there's some players that really catch the eye when you watch them. But, uh, a lot of it, expectations of them because they spent like $100 million over the last year yeah. or so. So a lot of expectations with them that they're falling short of. There you go, man. Big city, big money club. What can you say? But uh, yeah. uh, it's uh, – <laughs> wasn't, wasn't Heritage the team that ended Tasmania Berlin's winless streak? Yes, they so were. So was that in conjunction with the fact that we beat Heritage in the DFB Pokal in the spring, which is one of the last games that we've won, actual yeah. competitive games that we've won. So, you know, for those two reasons, maybe you're a little bit hopeful. But uh, as you say, multiple players in that lineup causing us fits all game, in particular Kuna, I thought was spectacular. Yeah. Um, he, he was he was really impressive. Um, and according to the I, – I hadn't been following this, but according to the commentary from Phil Bonney, apparently he had been called out by his coach the previous week for a very poor performance. So if that if that isn't the, the typical standard of his play – If you that's, can't play well against Schalke, you're off the team. Well, there you go, right? But, he yeah, he, he really showed up for sure. Um, yeah, and then, and then the Schalke, the Schalke side of things, we saw Stambouli at right back, yeah. uh, which is what something that we talked about probably continuing, mm-hmm. um, which I'm which I'm not necessarily against. So you kind of had like a, a, a deeper two of Mascarell and Suat Serdar, uh, and then uh, Schuff and Harid on opposite wings, and then Mark Root and Matthew Hoppe, uh, Hoppe up, up up top together. Um, yeah. Were you surprised to see Matthew Hoppe in the game from the start? Um. Yeah, Ramon injured, of course, right? But yeah, yeah, I, I, I was until I heard about the Ramon injury, then I wasn't so surprised. Uh, Benito Ramon injured his ankle prior to the game, maybe in warmups, and he was off, to, off out of the lineup. So, um, once I heard that Ramon was injured, at first when I saw Hoppy's name, I'm like, "What are you thinking? You got Ramon? Like this is, doesn't make any sense." Then you saw the rumor about the injury, and you're like, "Okay, okay, well, I get that." Then um, that did throw me, but uh, you know, uh, we did do a, a tactical breakdown of uh, Christian Gross uh, on YouTube. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. Kind of what we thought was going to happen did happen. You know, he came out with a a four four two, kind of a four two three one, depending on what scenarios you're in. Um, and we kind of figured, like you said, we talked about Stambouli coming in a right back. Um, there was a rumor that Mascarell got injured prior to the game, and maybe Stambouli would jump into the midfield. Tiao maybe comes in right back, but Mascarell was fit enough to play. Uh, but overall, I thought that the lineup that, that we had was fairly standard. Um, I was I was hoping for a better response, considering we have a new manager, the fourth manager of the season. 
um, but uh, it seemed to fall flat again. And Jack, I, I just, I, for, I don't know what the answer is. And it's every week we keep thinking we're going to see something different. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Decent. I mean, let's just hit the goals quickly and then just stop talking about it because there's nothing <laughs> new yeah. to analyze in this game yeah. outside of what we typically talk about. But I mean, I mean, the first. 35 minutes of the game not bad or so even the first half overall not terrible and and, and the the initial goal that, that that goes in um from Gwendozi actually isn't poorly defended it's just the kind of goal that Schalke tends to concede in the midst of the season when everything else is going wrong for them you can see a goal yeah. like that it comes in off of a long throw from I believe Plattenhart on the sideline yeah. into the box maybe you can argue about the initial ball should have been should have been one off the throw in but um I think it was Kuna who then it falls to, and he, he's able to find space to get a shot off. It just takes the deflection and falls right to the feet of Guendozi, who takes you know really nice first touch with his left foot and then curls it around Fairman uh, to the far post. And it just you know it, like I said, not overall super poorly defended, just just a, a random chance that happened to fall into a nice pocket of space there for him um, and a really good finish. But th- that's the kind of thing, like I said, like when everything else is going wrong for you, that's the kind of goal that you're going to concede sometimes. And we, we we just got to find a way to like turn some of this bad luck around, but. Um, the rest of it was, was far more, I think, uh, Schalke was doing than, than than random luck. Yeah, it seemed like uh, Nastasic kind of played that 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 play by Cunha very well. Got the block, but went right to Guindosi. You know, obviously, I think it was Kabak wasn't ready for it, and he just was able to curl it in. Nice shot past Fairman. Nothing Fairman could do about it. He was stretched as far as he could. Um, <laughs> Gerd, who's joining us, he says the soccer gods are against us for for Schalke for some reason. And that may be the case. We've had a lot of good luck in the, in the recent years, so uh, it's it's interesting. Um, but it's uh, yeah, I don't know. Just that, that second goal that that Cunha really embarrassed. Well, there was a play before um, before the second goal where Cunha goes down the right left wing side. He completely embarrasses Serdar, cuts it in for Luca Bacchio, and Ferriman makes a big save on him. But you know the the guys would continue to put pressure us throughout the game. That was that was the first big moment, and that chance was so similar to so many that came, particularly in the second yeah. half, where it, where it was just like every time they went down the field, there was an easy through ball available. But um, as you say, nice nice save from Fairman comes out, gets big, and and for the at the time was was helping keep us in the in the game. So just chatting away to Facebook here. <laughs> Someone's asking about Kalasnik. Uh, we'll get to that soon. Uh, but yeah, no, that uh, this John Cordoba goal. A uh, long time coming for him. He's he, he's just a big physical striker that we had no answers for. He was out muscling Kabak or wh- whoever tried to challenge him. Uh, he's got great pace uh, and was able to put it away, make it two nothing. Yeah, he's so he's so smart with the way he positions his body though too. He's not he's not just like hey he's big and strong so therefore he's good. But he's he's very intelligent with the situations he gets in and, and the the the. the the way he positions himself to defenders to, to use that to his advantage. And, and uh, you would think yeah, like, yeah, like Ozan Kabak, for instance, who's, who's, you know, no slouch himself would, would, would deal a little bit better with that than, than he ultimately did. But it's, it's credit to, for, to Cordoba for, uh, for making it work. And, and he's somebody that like, for me, just kind of continues to, to fly under the radar a little bit, but I'm always, every time I see him in a game, he's always impressing me. Yeah, no, he definitely is. I've always, I've liked him for a long time. Um, and uh, he's, he's, Whoever plays against Schalke it seems like they always find a way to put it in the back of the net, uh, regardless. And uh, he would come off, and his replacement would be Christoph Piantic. And uh, looks like his first touch at the, uh, at the ball, he gets a goal, makes it three nothing. Um, clinical, clinical by Piantic, but uh, yeah, we again poor, poor behind with the sixes and sevens. They say it, you know, want to play defense. Uh, not the great look for us. Three uh, nothing. It could have been four nothing. A goal was taken back. Uh, the Piantic scored later. Um, just yeah. not good defense. I mean, yeah, the, the quarterback goal in particular too. The, the, the ball goes goes wide to I think it was, was Dorita. 
Yeah. I think he yeah. was the one, yeah. um, you know, part-time football player, part-time Lee Harvey Oswald impersonator. <laughs> um, Dorita, you're not, you're not going to be able to unsee that now that I've said that. Trust me. Nope. Uh, it's, anyway. it screwed me up. Yeah. Thanks. But if you, if you look at that, I believe it's, it's Omar Mascarella is marking um, Kunha, I believe. Yeah. And then I believe it's Stan Bully who's, who's directly marking Cordoba and then Kabak's kind of in no man's land. Neither Mascarell or Stambouli are ball side of, of the person they're marking. Both of them are allowing a, a potentially a pass to come in to the feet and get a shot off. And then Ozan Kabak, who's not directly marking anybody, fails to jump in the passing lane to block the back cut that ultimately comes to Cordoba. And it's just, and it's just, it's way too easy. And, and it's the same thing with the, you know, Christophe Piantec goal. It's just, um, he, I think he actually had the ball first, plays it down to whoever ultimately assists him. And then he just kind of like is allowed to just run straight through and, and the reaction time to it is, is so delayed for, for no particular reason. And it's way too easy. And there were so many chances in the second half that were very similar to that, where it's just, they could just kind of get in behind whenever they wanted to. Um, and, and that's been the case for a lot of the season, maybe not always as easily as it was in this one, but that's, that's consistently a problem. It's just teams can, can counterattack us and, and basically get as many opportunities as they, as they care to. Yeah, no, and it's been really frustrating. Uh, we've seen it time and time again where we see it, you know, watching a game that something's happening, yet the players seem to fail to react to that. Uh, shout out to Eric from Germania, 1866 in Columbus. Uh, how you doing, guys? Uh, great that you're enjoying watching us again. Those who join us on Facebook, thank you again. It's our first uh, inauguration night in, uh, on Facebook Live. So uh, normally we are on YouTube, so we're actually on both tonight. So anyway, yeah, that the defending has just been piss poor. Uh, as of late, it has not gotten any better. And uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what the next game, how we're doing the next game. We got two tough games coming up to tie and break the record. Uh, first against uh, Hoffenheim next week, a chance for Mark Ut to make redemption against his former team. And then uh big game against Eintracht Frankfurt, I believe, is the, the next game. So uh, not easy. And we need to get some wins, find, find a way to win some wins because Byron's just on the horizon. I mean, Byron's just right around the corner. Uh, if you want to have your confidence kicked even lower, Byron will do it to you. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, both of those teams, um, you know, Hoffenheim and, and Frankfurt, very much like Hertha, sort of mid-table-ish. Um, and I, I know that no opponent is easy for us right now. But like you say, I mean, when you're coming up against a Bayern, a team like that, you're, we, we lose even when we're playing well. Yeah. I mean, even in the best of times when we're in yeah. form, we're losing those games. So you know you're going to lose them now. And so, you know, you have to find a way to, to, to get results against, you know, the likes of some of these mid-table teams. Um, but you know, we, we're failing to get them against even Bielefeld and teams like that. So, uh, it, as always, we don't have the answers and, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna require something to change. Yeah. It, it, the, the, I mean, the, you, you look at some of the, some of the talent on the pitch at times, like in this game in particular, like you had like Harit, Serdar and Mark Ut all on the pitch at the same time. That's a three, particularly when Ut is able to drop into the midfield that is should be perfectly capable of creating should a be. number of chances with, with, with their interplay, because these are all talented people that are able to not only be people on the dribble, but combine and, you know, and these are intelligent players. And Suat Serdar in particular, I thought was awful in this game. Yes. Um, I was going to bring it up. Uh, and maybe, maybe his best position isn't sort of sitting deeper with, with Mascarell. And I would grant that. I think he should probably be used a little bit higher up. Maybe we're trying to get all these players on the on the pitch at the same time, but like, yeah, like Harit and, 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 and these guys, they're just not effective enough. Um, I mean, even Mark would actually had a couple legitimate chances in this game that I think he did, he did poorly. There was one very late in the game. I mean, the game was already lost at that point that I think absolutely should have been scored and he didn't. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just frustrating because it's, it's, if, the, if those guys aren't really being optimized, there's not, there's nowhere else to turn. You're not, you're not looking to, to, to shop for Skripsky or these guys to, to figure it out. And then obviously 
Matthew Hoppy can't be solely responsible for suddenly scoring all of your goals because he's getting minutes. Um, and and actually to his credit, I think he did significantly better in this game. He had a nice link up play um, with some of the, some of the midfielders. Yeah, yeah, I was I was more impressed with him in this one for sure. Yeah, I said he needed yeah. to kind of show us something if I think he's going to get more minutes. And after that, who knows? Because I don't think he's basically that performance is far off anything we've seen from anybody else this season. But yeah, yeah, I don't know if it was uh, Stark or who it was on the defense for Hertha, but they were just taking advantage of him, bullying him constantly, especially on the on sideline and stuff, knock him around. But uh, yeah, Serdar, I thought it had a very poor game overall. Ooh, I kept, it kept looking like he kept trying to do too much. Kept trying to drop deep into the midfield to get the ball to start it up, but then he, you know, it just wasn't working. And, at all. and I appreciate his industry because he's he's so important to us because he does so much and he's trying yeah. so hard and he's he's yeah. going wherever he can to try to link up and and you know create angles and stuff. But um, yeah, but I mean I have to be critical of him too when he misses chances and I thought he was I thought he was wasteful today. The other thing about Matthew Hobby that seems interesting to me this is maybe it's just a Suat Serdar issue, but um, it's I feel as though his teammates don't trust him. Because there's there's yeah. times he's making like legitimately good runs, and there's an there's an opportunity for like a through ball pass where it seems like he's probably the best option. I think there's at least two of these chances yeah. in this game. I th- I think I saw another one, a different one, and Suat Sudar, whoever, just like is like, nope, I'm not I'm not playing that to him. Like I'm gonna take it or I'm gonna give it to somebody else. Like I don't want to like have the chance fall to this guy. Um, I don't know if that's just coincidence that they have they've happened to make those decisions. It might maybe it's not. Um, a lack of trust that could just be my American bias speaking. But if that is a thing, that's a huge problem too, because if you're going to have this guy in the lineup, you have to be able to like play the ball where the best opportunity for the goal is. And if you don't trust him, like, I mean, that needs to change or he needs to get out. I don't know what's going on, but that, that, that seemed, that seemed to raise an eyebrow to me. And I, I, thought I, I noticed that, I noticed that as well. And I wondered if it was maybe a confidence issue, like, well, oh, I can't get that pass. So there's no way I, nothing's working out for me. So I'm not going to try that pass. It could be that hopefully it's that. And then not the, I don't trust him, you know, kind of play. Cause like you said, if you're going to have 11 men out there, you need to have them, you need to trust everybody there. Otherwise you're basically playing with a man short and that does you nothing going offensively. And it's already hard as it is trying to score some goals, much less, you know, because there's a couple times where he doesn't get the ball and, and Matthew hobby's like making, like you know gestations about like you know he's, he's he's gesticulating like about like the fact that he didn't get the ball and normally i'd be like all right youngster like why don't you calm down a little bit but i think he was right a couple yeah, times in this game. Yeah, like, he should have like so yeah i don't know um but uh, and maybe since we're basically done talking about this game this is a good time to transition into this but um no start once again for for katushu uh and this is now what the fourth fifth manager that have all made the same kind of est- and it's one game under Christian Gross, but same as sort of estimation of him as not being uh, worthy or a good option in the starting eleven. Um, and at, at this point, I think I'm more interested in in learning what the hell is going on there than I am with learning learning the story behind Nabil Bentaleb's time at Jalka because the Katuchi thing to me just continues to miss because every time he comes on, almost every time he comes on the pitch. I think he shows you a little bit, at least a little bit more than what most people are showing you. Once again, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's out there and he's like, you know, the world on fire class player, but like, I, I, I still think that he, I thought he, I thought his cameo in this game was actually quite good. Um, I thought he looked sharp. And so the idea that like every single manager can consistently look at this player in train, maybe he trains poorly. I don't know what it is, but no one is giving him the starting minutes. And like, no, once again, no disrespect to Matthew Hoppy. And like, I thought he played well in this game, but like, the idea that like we're so down on strikers that we call Matthew Hoppy up from the Kanapinch media and give him starting minutes and Katuchu still can't get on the field is mystifying to me. And now in the past day or two, we're seeing that there's this lone rumor about the possibility that he might be going out to Fenerbahce or, or, or you know, wherever. Hanover, and, yeah. Hanover, potentially. And like, are we aware that we need to score goals? 
Like, apparently not. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but like, like we're literally like just bereft of attacking talent and, and bereft of product. And, and you have this guy who like every time he comes on the pitch looks decent, looks like potentially a spark. And not only are you not playing him, now you want to loan him out. Yeah. And this is a kid who like is Schalke through and through. And every time he's asked, like presu- make statements about how like he wants to play for this club and like cares about it. Like if there's anybody that you think would like be the guy you want on the pitch in a relegation type situation, maybe it's him as well. Like, you know, like talent aside, just like from like a, like a spirit perspective, it is mystifying to me that we're considering letting this guy go in the middle of the year as we're heading into a relegation fight. Because at this point, that it, that is where we're headed. Um, you know, yeah. still not a certainty or anything like that mathematically. And we could easily turn it around if we go on a streak. But like, yeah, I, I don't understand it. No one's scoring goals in this team. Why is why is he the guy that you're looking to, to ship off? I, I I don't get it. I mean, because we've we said it many times, and you know, happy happy new year, William, uh, William Glenn joining us and Paul Forrester from Florida. Uh yeah, we've we've we have we I'm curious how Katuchu and Ut would look up top, you know, with Ramon on the left-hand side. I think that would, that could be a very potentially dangerous uh, circumstance for the defenses against us, but we're not seeing what's going on in, in practice. And I would love for someone who has an inside scoop, you know, going to these practices and seeing what's going on. Maybe they can shed some light on this because maybe it is the practice ethic. I had seen when, when Hope Stevens was, you know, in charge for the two games, there's a couple clips of pictures of him, you know, you know, talking to Katucci during practice and then I think sending him off or something like that. So maybe it's a practice thing. I don't know. We're not there. But from what we've seen on the pitch, he seems to be one of the better options that you have offensively. And like you said, in a team that's starving for some kind of creative opportunities going forward, he seems to be the only one who has that kind of glimmer. Obviously, Mark Uden and Ramon are, are the main ones. But and, and unless I'm mistaken, he wasn't even the first person that got called upon, was he? Because it was Skripsky yeah. that came in first, right? Yep. And then he got so injured. He's not even the first guy off the bench. It just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Chan Bosnuan as well. Yeah. Uh, not not that there's loan rumors about him because not to distract from the transfer conversation, mm-hmm. but like another guy who gets subbed on, and I'm like, why why is he not starting? To, I mean, to me, I, I I like what he brings to the pitch too. So once again, two guys that every week we seem to have this conversation about. Um, I, I'm. I don't think Mascarell's playing super well right now. Um, he's not. He's not. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, th- I think. I think Katusha needs more minutes. I need Bozdan needs more minutes. Bujulev maybe too because he's he's looked lively at, at at times. I don't know. But like, I, I don't want to see a lot of Shup right now. I don't want to see Skripsky. Yeah. And um, once again, Bastian Ochipka. I, I know Klasovic just got, got got here, and we'll talk about that. But like, hopefully, yeah. we don't. We're not seeing much of Ochipka again because he's just he's he's brutal at this point. I feel so bad. I I respect the guy and like the effort he's put in over the years. It's, it's not there. It's not happening this season. Yeah, not there. Yeah. It'd be good to have him in. Maybe maybe transition him to like a center back position. But even then, I don't know. We've seen a couple times in during this run where he had played center back out of necessity, and he was okay. But um, I mean, if the center backs keep playing the way they do, maybe he's the better option. Who knows? But yeah, at left back, he doesn't have the pace anymore. You see him he can get burned so many times, and and not only this game, but many games where they, even guys who are just like moderately, you know, moderately fast, they're getting just blown by him, and it's it's putting our defense in. It was already you know down three men back there, and it makes it look really bad. So, um, you know, Katucha thing was definitely a shocker, but not shocker like we. Just doesn't make sense to us. One that made sense to everybody, I think, is Robbie Matondo. Uh, he's his loan move to Stoke was confirmed. I believe he passes medicals, if not today, it was yesterday. Uh, so that's going to be until the end of the season, at least it looks like. Um, another thing about the Katucci move, the rumor is that it could be a loan with an option to buy, which would suck. Uh, wherever he goes, he needs to get you know playing time, but hopefully it's not no buy no buy option on that at the end. Uh, but Matondo, like we said, he's off to Stoke City. Hopefully he can uh, do some good there and hopefully change his career. Maybe they want to buy him afterwards if he does well. Who knows? But um, best of luck to him there. 
Um, yeah, that, that's a move that makes a little bit more sense to me just because he's always been a player that's sort of without a position to some extent. Yeah. Um, you would think he'd be ideally a winger, and that's in a squad that has almost no other natural wingers in its makeup, so it's hard to play formations consistently that utilize him maybe properly. Sometimes he's tried to be shoehorn in as, as like a lone striker and a partnership, but I don't really think maybe that's where he needs to be either. And um, you know, it, it was kind of a desperation signing at the time back in that January window under Tedesco. And I feel like this just wasn't the place for him to develop and, and kind of finish tightening up some areas of his game that need, need some help because he's obviously got a lot of raw talent um, and he's got some, some impressive attributes, but hasn't been able to put it all together. And, and I don't really even blame him fully for that because for any offensive player, Chalka right now, it's a tough time. So um, yeah, hopefully he's able to go and get some momentum at, at Stoke and, and potentially if he ends up moving on permanently, you know, good for him and hopefully he can revive his career. It's a tough, t- it's a tough place to try to start it off, you know? Yeah, yeah, but hopefully they're getting uh, seeing better times than we are at the moment. So, uh, so that's that's definitely confirmed. We talked about Katuchu. Uh, we can get. I guess we can talk about the wingbacks uh, first. Uh, obviously, the the better news that came out out of this whole week, this whole the whole saga here is uh, return of uh, Seo. Seo, Seo, uh, Sead Kalaznak, uh, as he tells us. Uh, I saw it's, it's a, fun, a couple of videos, funny videos going out there. Uh, Maj nineteen oh four posts a video where he like. There's like seven different pronunciations of his name all by him. So you're like, which one is it, buddy? But I believe it's Kalaznak. Um, either way, he's back in our lives. He's back on the team. Uh, a, a move that I think initially. Uh, I'm just going to say Kolasinach. 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 It's like a New York accent or maybe Chicago, uh, where you're from. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, uh, rumors were that he was going to go to maybe another team uh, in the Bundesliga when those deals broke down. Obviously, Schalke's new name came to the forefront. Uh, and he he the, he's been talking nonstop about how and you know I want to go back to Schalke, fight off this relegation, help the team you know stay in the Bundesliga. It was a pretty quick quick turnaround I think from when we the rumor started to when actually the confirmation was that he was confirmed uh, loan to us. Um, and I think it's uh, it's a loan with uh, obligation to buy if we stave off relegation. So um, on a scale of one to ten, how happy to have him back? I'm, I'm, I think I'm a little bit out of step with most of the Schalke supporter base on this one. I'm not, I'm not, I I don't know how to feel about it. I'm slightly conflicted on the one hand, like the idea that we're going to pay like $2.4 million in salary for a six month loan for basically a castaway from another club is not appealing to me. When you consider what our financial situation is and how limited we are on funds, the idea that we're, we're paying that kind of money for us, you know, a half season loan. Um, is and, and that's with like Kalasinich like waiving half of his salary so that you know because Arsenal's not going to pay the other half of it. Um, so that that to me is is troubling and also also to me kind of s- seems to suggest like a, a lack of a real scouting department because to address our left and right back needs, it's like oh, well, here's a guy that we used to have who is, is a feel good transfer that the fans are all going to like and distract them from what's going on. And, and here you go. So I'm, I'm, I'll say I'm skeptical of it. On the other hand, a guy who I think was more at his level in the Bundesliga than he's proven to be in his time at Arsenal. He's never really fully got it going. He'll have like one good performance there and then it'll be three or four where he's just like not up to it. And so the fans never really know what to make of him exactly. Um, I think he was a good contributor for us back then. He's certainly an emotional leader and the kind of guy that maybe could make a difference in that respect on the pitch to keep the guys going and keep the heads from dropping because he was always that kind of guy. Um, but also has a little bit of like a discipline problem and, and who knows. So it, it's it's uh, if we get if we get the best of him, uh, then it could be huge because certainly that that's an area that we're not deep in and, and I don't think Ochipka has been up to snuff 
this season. So it, it should be a boost. It should be a, a good signing from that perspective. But um, the whole captaincy conversation and then the financial picture of it to me is just kind of like it just it, it something about it doesn't feel right. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's interesting. From all I talked to a lot of Arsenal fans uh, during this uh, whole week, whatever, about this, and I was asking about him, and you know, a lot of them said, you know, they don't really fault him for his poor play. They think that it's more the system that he was put into wasn't the right fit for him. Where at Schalke, it was a good fit; it was the right marriage for them. Um, I'm 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 happy that he's back. Um, I, the only thing I did not like about the whole thing was the possibility of putting him as captain. I, I, you know, as much as I would want him as captain, my, 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 my thinking would be like, you give him the first six months, you know, end of the season, if he does well, we're still in the league and you want to make him captain. Okay. Maybe we can talk about it then. Uh, but right now it would disrupt the locker room even more so than it is by making him captain and, you know, it'd be shot a punch in the face to Mascarell, yeah. Sambuli. This is a rumor that's been around for a while too. I have a tweet. I think that's back from the summer window when this loan was, or this move was getting, talked about it and it was back then that the rumor was that the captaincy was a condition of the move for for Klausen. like he wanted he wanted yeah, the captaincy right. it was part of the move and to me like if that's what actually happened here that first yeah. of all that reeks to me of like not captain like behavior just sort of demanding it rather than earning it i'm not saying he wouldn't be a good a good yeah, choice yeah. for that right. he may very well be an excellent choice for that and the players and the coaches may have decided through whatever process exists under christian gross now that he's the right guy for that job but if this is somehow like mandated from the top down from from schneider as part of his you know, transfer negotiations to get this this deal over the line. That also, to me, is is a little bit wrong. But at the same time, is is just typical for this club because we have a long history of the captaincy being used as a carrot to Newell, try to like able to sign or yeah, exactly. I mean, this has been this is multiple times recently. We've already devalued like the captaincy to such yeah. an extent that it it shouldn't be a big deal. But that's one, one other aspect of it. Again, that's just kind of rubbing me the wrong way. But um, uh, <laughs> Jake says he fights <laughs> off carjackers. He does do that, and he's the legend for that forever. And, and I don't want to sound like I'm like he should be a, a significant upgrade to Ochevka based on yeah. what we've seen. And, and to Jake's point in the chat, there, like he absolutely was contributing offensively at times yeah. back when he was when he was on us, and it should be able to get forward to some extent. And like I said, maybe more at his level in the Bundesliga. So it could be a very good move. I just, it, it, I don't know. I, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm mixed on it. Oh, yeah, I'm curious. I, I I do want to see him 100 start against Hoffenheim. Let's give Ochevka a rest. Uh, Kalaznak should have enough uh, energy in him that he hasn't probably played in a while. Let him start the game. Uh, see what he's got. Uh, we need to have some kind of spark, and you know, him, you know, contributing on the left wing side could help immensely. Could give us some opportunities that we haven't had in a while. Uh, so let's let's do that. Number one. Now, I know a lot of people were saying, you know, after uh, I forget who it was. It might have been Glenn here. Uh, wanted me to start the hashtag. Uh, bring back the boys. Where you know you got already Kalaznak. You know, bring back Otsil. Bring back Draxler. Bring back Meyer. Uh, Welt class Max Meyer, uh, so so on and so forth on freeze. We'll see. We'll see about that. Uh, their their salaries are way well. I don't know about Max Meyer, but Draxler and Otsiler salaries are way too high for us. Kalaznak had to take half his salary off and just to make that three million minimum or maximum that we that we have. So we'll see. But I would love to see them back if conditions were right. But uh, regardless, uh, uh, some other names. Uh, obviously, the right back is a situation we've been. You know, we hit. After John Joe Kenny left, we kind of really had no one to fill in the void. We brought in Killian Ludwig, 19-year-old, really uh, a step too high for him to jump in. Uh, so some of the names that you know come up, um, Jan Valari was mentioned today about coming from Southampton on a loan. Uh, other names at right back also mentioned uh, Mitchell Wieser from Bayer, uh, Julian Korb also in the mix as well, uh, and John Joe Kenny, his name's resurfaced as well. So uh, the three other names are possibly could be uh, some depth guys at the right back situation. We'll see. 
but Jan Valeri looks like he might be the one that is coming on loan, as far as I can tell. Uh, what about you, Jack? You have you seen this? Uh, and how do you feel on the move? I've seen a couple rumors. I, I don't watch a lot of Southampton. That's more your vein, honestly. I feel like you, yeah. if anyone knows a lot about the club, yeah. you can speak to, to to how you estimate him as a player. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a decent player. He's he's going to be. Is he what John Joe Kenny brought us last year? It could be. Uh, he has the potential going forward. Certainly, uh, you know, defensively, he has. It's he, a decent player. I think it's be a massive upgrade to what we we're using right now with between Stambouli and and Killing Ludovic and Schoff and whoever else we're going to try to put in there, piece in there in that right back uh, situation. Even Malik, Malik Tiao. So that would be an upgrade. I think any of the, the the four guys that are mentioned, if they came in, would be an upgrade because they're actually true right backs. And that is a key. We're, we're bringing in someone who actually plays the position as opposed to trying to fit someone into that mold that's unnatural to them. We've, you know, in the past, we did get success with uh, Daniel Caligiri, even though he's more of a winger and he had some success with us, obviously, for sure. Uh, but uh, that you can't expect that every time that that's going to work out. And I think having any of these four guys would work out. So I'd be happy with any of these guys Jan Valari, Mitchell Wieser, uh, Julian Korb, or, uh, or having John Joe Kenny back. Um, any of these guys would be good and having, you know, an opposite of uh, Kalasnik on the left-hand side might help us create more opportunities going forward. Uh, the main thing though, right now, I think is, is defensive is defensively being solid and keeping out the goals. We just can't, we're making mistakes yeah. left and right. I, I don't think Stambouli has been horrible as, as a no, he has not. Far. I, I think if there's any place for him on the pitch while he's here, it, it may be, it may be there. I think he's, he's, he's done a decent, decent job, but yeah, I certainly think we need the depth and uh, wouldn't be opposed to, uh, I mean, beg- be- <laughs> beggars can't be choosers at this point, but um, I'll certainly take your recommendation as, as somebody who watches Southampton sometimes. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we get some some business done because, as you said, Kill- Killian Ludwig, not a guy I want to criticize for reasons we've stated before, but, uh, yeah, probably not up to the level that we would uh, we would need. Yeah, no, absolutely not. This kind of transition to our next question and our next topic. Uh, so our buddy Lane Plummer jumps on from Facebook and says, uh, if you were in charge of transfers, do you, one, get emergency transfers to try not to get relegated, and two, conduct business to prepare for immediate promotion from the second division? So a lot of the noise this past week as well, much of all the noise that we've had here in Schalke Nation uh, is Clemens Tony's again trying to inject some money into Schalke, trying to loan some money to us. Uh, apparently, this is the third time he's tried to do that uh, for us. The first two times, obviously, been rejected. And the only way it would pass now is if it's overwhelmingly uh, passes everyone. It's 100% saying that they would uh, take his money. Um, you know, to do you want to spend some money? Do you want to take this money from Clemens Tony's and try to bring in players to save our relegation? Or, or let's look at the Tony situation first. Do you want to even take his money, Jack? No. Uh, and it's a no. tough question. It's a tough question. I, we don't want him obviously back in our lives because of all the shit that's happened, right? Um, but can, like you were just mentioned a couple minutes ago, beggars can't be choosers. We kind of need the money. But yeah, be- beggars can't be choosers. Maybe in terms of some of the talent that you're looking at, but in terms of your principles, I don't think you. I don't yeah. think you go back on that. I mean, like yeah. it, it, if you if you take his money, then what was the justification for removing him from his position with the club in the first place? Yeah. That, that, exactly and if, if, if it's like hey we're, we're making a decision we no longer want to be associated with this guy but so he's no longer, i mean he's, feed me yeah and also is the guest of other teams and showing up to our games and you know when, when fans can't even get in that kind of thing I, i'm sorry I, I, that, that's that's something i i would i would be against i understand the financial situation we're in i appreciate the fact that he cares about the club and has been involved with it for a long time and now that even he's sort of like out um is is offering his finances to me this is indicative of potentially the fact that he still has too much influence kind of like under the table behind the scenes 
with the club. I hope that's not the case, but uh, my position is he's gone and he should stay gone. <laughs> yeah. Gerd says, uh, what should happen with Tony's on put his money or his mouth is <laughs> um, it's breaking news here. Breaking news. It looks like we got a available free transfer here. So if anyone who wants to sign, we can sign this guy right here. <laughs> I did. I, I, someone gave it to me as a gift for Christmas. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's difficult. And I think with, with Clemens, Tony's uh, what we also heard is that, you know, if he keeps loaning out to Schalke, eventually Schalke's going to owe him and he gets a club back. And that's certainly what nobody wants, especially with all the things that's happened uh, between the racism and the coronavirus and all that stuff. And just the years of, mismanagement is, is what we're hearing um yeah it's it's difficult right even even if we did take his money right let's just play devil's advocate we take his money why why would we spend the money on the players when we're already in debt i can't see us i can see it i can see the supervisory board say yeah we'll take your money but it has to go to the debt it's not gonna go to the player um and at that point you're kind of going to what lane is talking about and you know to the second his second salmon do you conduct the business and prepare for immediate promotion if the team doesn't start getting results here in the next, you know, month or so, you're going to have to start doing that. Just, you have to. Uh, I mean, yeah, ideally, ideally you do both at the same time. I don't know if he's asking if it's an either or proposition. I mean, it, to me, you have to try to stay in the league at all costs. Because as we said, well, listen, if, if Shaka signs you, then I know, then I know for sure we have no scouting department. That would be confirmation of 39-year-old. I, mean, I mean, come on. From man. the USA. Like, yeah, for sure. But, uh, and I don't even know what I was saying now. I totally lost the <laughs> Pull that, pull that thing out every time. <laughs> every time you're talking. Yeah, they're taking to, taking Tony's money and you know and, and paying off the debt or paying off for players and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. I, I I think I'm with you. I just find some other way. Find some other sponsor. We got Dunkin' Donuts recently. That's came out of the blue, and it's funny now. All I see is Dunkin' Donuts promotions everywhere. Maybe just you know it's like yeah, when you buy that, a car. That's, that's the kind of change I can believe in personally. It's moved yeah. like that. That's that's the good stuff right there. That little yeah. Dunkin' action. But I'm just. I mean. Yeah, it, it. But we, we. Yeah, bottom line is, I hope we bring people in. I, I hope we're able to do something in the transfer market while while it's open because we certainly need to. There's been rumors about like Divac Origi, like I, not that I think that would ever happen, but um, probably cost too much. Yeah, hopefully they can pull off some kind of magic with whatever limited funding they have, and and I just hope that funding doesn't come in the form of some sort of gift or loan from from. Bring back Hutala from retirement. <laughs> you know. It's got to be an upgrade, right? Hope it um, the team, to the team, you know, one last time yeah. for the road and that kind yeah. of thing. Who knows? Yeah. If you're on YouTube or Facebook and you're in the chat, uh, let us know what you think about Tony's. Would you accept his money uh, if he gave it to the club? Uh, let us know in the chat. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a hot button topic, and lots of people have uh, voiced their opinions on that. Um, yeah, I mean, this transfer market is going to be interesting for me. I mean, I don't, we don't have any money to spend on players. It's going to have to be free transfers or something like we did for Kalasnik where, you know, if we, we stave off relegation, maybe there'll be some money at the end of the, under the light of the tunnel, you know, if, at the end of the season, maybe who knows. Uh, but I think the main objection, main point right now is just to stay in the Bundesliga, whatever way possible. First way to do it is get that freaking win. Um, you know, I haven't heard anything else in terms of transfer rumors, but you know, we're 30 games now winless, uh, you know, going on almost over a year now and uh, two big games coming up for us. The record looks like it's ours if something, unless something crazy happens. Um, Jacob Jones chiming in. He says, uh, I'm cool with toes. <laughs> Tony's making it rain. Uh, Joseph says, uh, Shaka runs on Duncan. Actually, Shaka runs on Gastrom. Ha ha. <laughs> Jacob says, says, you know, as long as we stay up. And a lot of people I, a lot of people are saying that, that they would take the money just to stay up. But again, it's that, it's that whole aspect that many people are bringing up is that all you're doing is putting yourself in debt to him, and eventually he'll take over the club completely, and, and nobody wants that. 
So uh, it's definitely a tough top. We'll see how it happens here. Um, first things first, let's get gross. He needs to figure out a way to get these boys to get a win. Uh, that's priority number one, I think, for this week coming up. Uh, we'll see if any rumors come up. We'll let people know. Uh, Jack, anything else you want to talk about before we, we close this one out? We're just trying to stop from venting as much as we can. <laughs> no, man. It's just, you know, new year, but hello, darkness, my old friend. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it is. And it's, yeah, we just, somebody needs to tell the team it's 2021 now. It's not 2020 anymore. So, uh, anyway, let's just, uh, let's end this episode here uh, before we go down that tunnel of darkness again, even further. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, uh, make sure you sign up for the Schalke U.S. newsletter. Not only do you get info on the club, but you'll get the latest on all the local fan clubs across North America and even in, on our podcast. Keep tuning in each week as we bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, all the transfer noise that we hear. Uh, any topics you would like us to discuss, let us know at Schalke America on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Uh, Jack, uh, anybody you want to give a shout-out to? No. Well, I'm going to give a shout-out to everybody on Facebook who joined us tonight, Jack. <laughs> you may not, but I will. I'll give a shout-out to everyone on Facebook tonight. Nah, Thank you for joining us tonight. That's, yeah, that's a good shot. I, I'm, I'm glad we got so many people from Facebook joining in the first time we streamed them. Maybe we'll do that consistently then. Yeah, we appreciate everyone who uh, comes in and contributes in the chat and everything. So thank you. Yeah, we had some good numbers tonight. Uh, so I'm glad to have everyone, everyone, even everyone on, on YouTube and everyone who's going to listen to us on the podcast later. So, uh, Jack, uh, where can our followers find you on social media? At J.M. Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. Very good. And once again, I'm your host, Richard Carman. You can find me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N pretty much anywhere. Uh, until the next podcast comes, my friends, stay ready, and we'll be with you soon. Shoes.